Apartments Made Easy, Episode 3, Permanent Basics, Part 2, a week overdue, and I'm so sorry. I left y'all cold, alone, without permits, without educational videos on permitting. The thing, you, you go through a hard week of work, and what are you thinking about? It's permits. I know. I'm the worst. That was on me. So I'm back. I'm here to make up for it. All right, so let's jump into it. Okay, so first thing I want to talk about, I want to go in depth in, was uh, more on the building department uh, or development services or if it's all under public works. I kind of want to go in who you will find and whether you're a homeowner or a contractor when you go into that part of the city hall. You go into their office, their, where they're located at, or their own building if they have it, uh, and who you're going to talk to. So typically when you first arrive, if you're doing anything for permitting, you're going to go straight to the counter that has It'll, usually it's pointed out some way or another, or if you go to the wrong counter, they'll tell you where to go. Uh, you're going to go to the permit clerks. Permit clerk or permit tech is someone who is versed in the city's, just their entire process of how they take in a job, project, uh, plans and applications. They can give you what you need, what it takes to pass and get a permit. Uh, they usually have all of that information on a base level. Uh, what they may not have. Uh, which you have to go to a different employee, is the technical side of it. What What's required by code. Uh, they may not have pure knowledge on the ordinance that's been adopted for what is uh, in terms of what's going to be done in plan review. Uh, what they really are going to have a base knowledge on is just the application process and getting everything submitted. Uh, but they can give you a good idea on how to get all that through so that the only thing you're really having to worry about is the technical part of the actual plans that are going to be reviewed. Uh, so your permit clerk is your go-to. They're who you're going to call on the phone. They're who you leave messages with. They're who you email. Uh, and they are who you submit with. Uh, they are your versatile knowledge on the entirety of the process for development services, building department, or public works, whoever you're dealing with. Uh, they're your first line of defense for the city, and they're the first people you come into contact with if you're a contractor or a homeowner. Uh, so next after that, you have a – it branches into a few different people. Uh, but the next up would be an inspector, is who you could expect to see walking around, or you're going to see out. Mainly, they're going to be out and about on job sites. So they drive around the city to make sure that jobs are up to code. Uh, so they will do different periodic inspections that are required after you've gotten a permit uh, to make sure that the job is proceeding properly uh, in accordance with the international code that is uh, adopted by everyone. Uh, the ICC, which is what we'll talk about next. Uh, is what they go by. And then according, and also what's been adopted by the city themselves, which is what's called an ordinance, where they have usually taken a piece of the code and adapted it to the city's needs. Uh, but the inspector is someone you'll see. Sometimes you'll see them in the office. If you catch them there, you can talk to them about uh, maybe an inspection they did for you. If you're a contractor, if you're a homeowner, they can give you more information on what they'll be looking for. They can educate you uh, generally on how to pass better, or how to pass more often. Uh, they can show you the tags they use, usually green and red. Uh, some cities may use different colors, but that's the two most common. And uh, that's really about it. And an inspector, you're they're kind of, they inspect. <laughs> really what they are is what they do. Uh, there's not too much beyond that. I, some smaller cities and counties, you'll find that an inspector also doubles as the plan reviewer, who we'll talk about next. Uh, they may even be the one that takes in the permitting applications. They could be wearing six hats. Uh, there are people that do that. Uh, we've talked about it some smaller areas. Uh, more rural areas, areas that haven't really uh, given a lot of money to that department uh, will have someone that's doing everything uh, and 
sometimes they're not even doing it digitally. They're still doing it back in the stone age. The, the stone, the stone age. I'm talking like printing press. We're, you know, they're hand mapping things. It's insane. I feel bad for them. They need to catch up. All right. This stuff's automated now. Let's get with the times, people. Okay. So, um, so the next one is a, is a plan reviewer. All right. So I just spoke about they, at, also as their title suggests, take in the plans and, and just peer review them. They look over them. They make sure that every aspect of them is in accordance with that same code that's been adopted by the city with the ICC in accordance to the code in general uh, and just all technical application from structural to trades. They're going to view the plans and make sure it's all correct. Before they'll stamp it and say it's passed, or they'll sticker it or write it in there and then approve and sign. Uh, they are generally just one after the other going through plans and knocking them out and reviewing them. Uh, and that's a big step. That's what determines if you get a permit and you can continue with the job. Until that's correct with them, correct with the city, you're not moving on past that stage. Uh, but plan reviewers are vital. They're vital to the process and uh, a vital piece to, to really get to know. And I, I would say even charm if you can. Uh, they can help you a lot in terms of putting your plans behind other plans. Uh, if you make them mad, they may just do that just to spite you. Uh, they could bring you up to the front. You can talk them into different things. And it doesn't work all the time. A lot of the time, you're going to have to go with the city's time frame. Uh, and it does take a while. That's a big thing in this. And I've repeated myself enough, and I'll not, I will never stop, is be, be under, understand that the city's time is the only time. You have to go by their timeline. It's just how it goes. Let your customers know. Keep them updated. Let them know that whether even if install takes two days for a solar install, uh, the permitting could take four weeks, two to four weeks. And it's just got to be understood that you let them know those things ahead of time. Get them prepared. Don't let them have expectations that you're going to get everything right away and then come down on your permitter or the people you outsource that to because you're just not, it's not a good relationship. Uh, it's not good for the relationship. It's not a good way to be. But uh, that's plan reviewer, pretty simplistic. They're just taking in plans and reviewing them. Uh, so next after that starts to branch out a little bit. Some departments will have a code enforcement officer or an entire battalion of code enforcement officers, and they actually just go out and look for violations to code. Uh, they're exactly as they sound. They have jackets, sometimes uniforms, uh, and they write tickets out to people. Um, they just really uphold code enforcement, making sure that everything is valued, which I... The difference, I, I think a lot of times you'll double it as an inspector, but they'll do more like, uh, they'll do everything, like trees, landscaping, like they kind of cover an entire slew of more than just construction. It's uh, it's almost more, it's almost more civilian-esque than it is construction uh, in terms of how they handle the different like uh, issues that they, they come across. Um, but they kind of get it all, it all comes underneath their umbrella. Uh, but code enforcement officer, again, pretty, pretty straightforward uh, when you have them as well. Uh, and then you could have, uh, I know places that have a development services manager. Um, and if they do, that's usually the person that's dealing with operations. They're dealing with the logistics of the actual, like they're managing the office, they're managing the projects, they're managing how it all runs. Uh, but a lot of that, a lot of times, self-explanatory, don't really need to go into that. That's just a man, just in terms of it's a managerial position uh, for the office is really all it is. Uh, and a lot of times what you're going to find more often than not, though, is instead of having that, that just falls as a duty under the building official. Now, the building official is the top you can go to for 
project-related issues, I would say, just like day-to-day construction-based issues. The building official is the one you're going to go to who's going to have the, the absolutely going to have an answer for you, or, or they're going to get you one within the, a time frame of talking to them. Uh, but they're the one that decide. Uh, really, the, they make the biggest decisions on how projects can move forward if they're allowed to uh, in terms of adopting different ordinances. They can put into request changes to that. Um, if you're if you've got something controversial in terms of the way it's being built, if it's you know if it's a historic district, things with you know specialty nature, they kind of get involved in all of those uh, big big money projects that are gonna like really influence the economy of the uh, this the city uh, the, the jurisdiction. They they're gonna get involved in all that. Something like that is that's what they handle, um, and they're who like if complaints go far enough up. They're going to be the last one that a homeowner or a contractor is going to talk to to be like, all right, we're not figuring this out. Let's figure it out. You're the person with the answers. Uh, they're who you go to. So they're kind of the, if you're, um, a good example is if you ask for the manager, if you get to that point, you've, you've pulled that move out of your out of your bag of tricks. You're like, you're like I want to speak to your manager, right? The building official is the manager. That's the person. Once you've said that three or four times, you know, clicked your heels, turned around in a circle, you're going to get the building official. And they're going to have to, you know, sit down and mediate and figure out what's going on. That's what they're there for. But they should have, absolutely have an answer to give you or help you with. Um, and they're, so they're the top dog. And sometimes above them, I did work in a department in the city where there was a director of development services. And they just kind of are, you know, they're in the mayor's ear. They're, they're kind of dealing with... Um, where duties are split up. If it's a big enough city with a lot going on or enough money, then, you know, that has to be handled day in and day out, um, then they're going to have those different positions to kind of split all the responsibilities between. Building official will deal with just construction. The, man- the manager and the director will deal with logistics and the business side of the department. And that's what you got. You got uh, not a lot. Of, other than that, I don't, I don't think you'd see too many other people. Um, I mean, there are, there are city engineers, you know, you may find them. They're generally in public works, though. Uh, you, you may have a secretary. You may have another, like, a coordinator, an admin coordinator. Other positions is necessary, but that kind of covers the whole slew of the characters you'll find when you walk in. And, uh, and each kind of plays their own role, all pretty obvious, but now at least you know the names. So when you go in, you can ask for who you need to talk to to find out whatever it is you're looking for questions you have, uh, something that they've done, uh, a way to get past an issue, those are the people you want to talk to. Permit tech, code enforcement officer, plan reviewer, inspector, building official, and then if you have them, there could be a manager of development services, building department, or public works, or a director of development services, building department, or public works. So, you know, those are your people. That's what we got. Cool. Okay. Let's move on to the ICC, the International Code Council. So, ICC stands for International Code Council. That is a, it's the governing body of, of code for construction. What we all go by, which to fight the one thing that we're all fighting in construction, which is fires, right? Fire safety is the number one thing. And then beyond, and then it trickles down to other parts of the safety that the code has adopted. But our main enemy is fire, because uh, everything has been built with some form of wood. 
since forever. Um, and 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 it's important because you got before this, you look back at something like you know half of downtown Chicago burned down, or it was half of Chicago. I don't remember. I don't know the full details, but a whole lot of Chicago burned down in the uh, 19th century, and they were like, you know what? We need some rules to construction, or this is going to keep happening, and that's not good. We can't build things and then people burn, you know, within them. Just it's not good for business. It's not good for lives. Uh, just really not a good thing in general. Uh, fire is, equals bad, painful, harmful, uh, terrible. All the negative words we can think of. So uh, two organizations formed uh, that were they they were kind of doing the same thing. Just in you know their own ways, and they they morphed together in the early two thousands to form the International Code Council uh, that we know today, and that is now the one where it covers all the codes uh, that are governed uh, under under for construction in terms of how things can be built and in, and to what purpose. And the, the whole thing reads like a law book. It's all very legal esque kind of wording, and or and or is is so important it's it's beyond crazy uh how much that matters uh the, the and or kind of situation where what is written and said is everything because uh, it is the rule uh it is it's how everything it's how you interpret how someone can build or do anything that they choose to do within the city or their home or their you know to, the, to whatever they're working on uh but you have different parts of the code so there's for different things there is you got the IPC, the International Plumbing Code, the IBC, the International Building Code for commercial, which incorporates the IRC, the International Residential Code, within it, but it's also its own, too, because there's enough there uh, for residences, all, of course. And uh, there's the uh, um, the NEC, which is the National Electric Code, actually falls under, um, it's actually under the National Fire Organization. Uh, I don't know my abbreviations or my organizations right now, but it's under the fire agency. So they, they actually govern the NEC how important that is to fire safety um, electrical is probably number one in terms of what causes a fire uh, when done wrong so it's called the NEC uh, but then there is the so plumbing and mechanical are both IPC and IMC International Mechanical Code International Plumbing Code um, there's the fuel gas code uh, there's the energy code uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot, and it goes on and on and on. But if you go to ICC's website, they it kind of gives you a lot of educational tools. There's a lot of free stuff to go look at. So definitely go check them out. Um, if you're a contractor, it's good to have all that and to know. If you're an architect, if you're a designer, an engineer, you should already be familiar. You should have copies of different codes depending on what you do, and uh, you should absolutely be following them uh, so that you're, you know, I don't know if you or not, because uh, then I would be obsolete if you actually, you know, if if plans were perfect, I would. So you don't have to do that. I'll do it for you. <laughs> uh, but that was that's kind of the whole gig with uh, the ICC and the International Code Council is it's the code that uh, it protects people and it does a really good job of it uh, and it has since then. Uh, I don't know the exact. I should have probably looked up some statistics and some percentages. I didn't, uh, but I can definitely tell you it saved lives uh, and it. I think it will continue to do that. I stand by it. I think the code is a beautiful thing. And I think governing something as, uh, as important as construction uh, for the places we live, the places we dine, the places we get groceries, we have, you know, uh, 
all of our, our fun stuff that we have for business. These are things we're in and out of. We use constantly. Uh, it's just too necessary. It's too necessary to not have. Uh, but that covers the ICC essentially from a basic standpoint. Uh, you, you can understand it. It's, it stands for International Code Council, and it is the code to protect for main thing is fire safety, and then everything that is involved in each of those specific codes for their own safety, uh, from plumbing for non-potable, potable water, you know, potable water is your drinking water, you know, washing and preparing food with, non-potable is don't touch it, don't touch it to your skin, don't ingest it, uh, you know, a mechanical, you know, for the ducts, the way everything's set up so that airflow is correct, uh, so you're not breathing in the wrong, you know, it doesn't, it, it lets air, trap doesn't get it trapped in, lets it out, uh, you know, if you have a carbon monoxide issue, you want the detectors. You also want it to flow correctly. You don't want to have messed up ducts. That could hurt you, <laughs> or or worse. And it's it's important. So that's 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 the code. That's what it's for. It's for safety, and uh, it does a really good job of that. But that's I, I think that covers it for the most part. Uh, so our last is let's move to. The last thing I wanted to talk about was the importance for the city wanting to make sure that you have your documentation on site. Uh, so this this one won't be real long or in depth. You would you should always, no matter what, unless there's a specific reason not to, or a city tells you you don't need to. Plans and permits should always be on the job site, copies of them, uh, in a safe some way where the weather won't affect them the entire time that the job is going on. Do it so that you don't have to get the red tag. Do it so that you don't have to get hit by the city with a fine or some issue. They may not let you work again, or they may have you on a watch list. Don't rub the city the wrong way. Permits, plans, on-site, always. And that's especially a note for the homeowners, since this is something you don't do. You have your own jobs. You're not doing this every day. And if you didn't get someone to do it for you and you wanted to do it yourself, you need to know that that stuff needs to be visible or in a place where it's easily located uh, for the city inspectors and the code enforcement officer driving around looking for people violating things. You want to make sure that they can all see that and that you're doing it properly and in accordance with their rules and their regulations. Uh, so plans, permits, on-site, always. That's all I got for you this time, though, guys. Uh, I think we did well. We made it through. You've missed me. I'm here. And we did such a good job. You listened. I talked. It's crazy. So be ready for next week. We got another one coming. Okay, I'm gonna take care of this bad boy right here. I'm not gonna let it get all gunky again. Horse, disgusting. So I'll see you next time. Be good. Have a great week. Rex out. <laughs> uh, I'll see you next time. <laughs>